as we reflect on the transformative power of the resurrection in our lives, I want to talk about three images of motherhood. But before I do that, I want to remind you of the gospel passage from last week, which was very short and supports in its language what I want to say today. Truly, truly, I tell you, the hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the living God has life internally, just so God has granted the Son to have life internally. And God has given the Son authority to render justice because he is the Son of woman. Do not be astonished at this, for the hour is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and will come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Now, three images. First, E. Jean Carroll, exulting, jubilant, and in judicial victory. Second, a family in Amarillo, Texas, the heads of the mother and father and older sister have been blurred out because only the small 10-year-old boy is left because he is left alive after his mother covered him from the rain of bullets that killed her and the rest of his family. Third, a still photo from police body camera, a kind of modern-day pieta of the head of Tyree Nichols as he is beaten to death by five police officers in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, it may go without saying that we are in the throes of a number of unprecedented global crises. From almost any perspective you choose to look, the situation is dire. It is one we like to say of biblical proportions, apocalyptic, is really the only description that works to underscore the gravity of the crises we face. That being said, may I say it's notable that there are not many more of us here this morning. This is a good turnout to at once acknowledge <clears throat> the destruction we face and at the same time to claim together our hope in God's promise of salvation to us who believe. In the midst of this crisis and crises in the same and crisis is the same Greek word that's usually translated as judgment. This crisis reveals a mysterious truth that we usually distract ourselves from. And that is that such apocalyptic crises are always brought about by our own doing by our own rejection of God's call for justice and truth and our own choice of blaming others and our fearful dependence on violence. 
as you sow, said Jesus, so shall you reap. That's the simple way in which, in which Matthew describes the kind of karma, we might say, in which we find ourselves, the justice coming upon the entire world. Those of us who are here this morning on this sixth Sunday of Easter are not here in hopes thereby of avoiding the judgment meted out by the God of the universe, but rather that through the pain and suffering which can be expected to come upon us, we will be delivered not by a God who is far off and unmoved, but by what we are go unmoved by what we are going through, a kind of divine accountant or paymaster, but rather by the one who, having shown himself to be internal in the crisis of the death and resurrection of Jesus, has made himself internal to each one of us as well. As John Gospel puts it, God who is with you will be in you. This is the remarkable transformative anthropology of the New Testament resurrection, what Paul calls in Galatians, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is this suffering, what we heard called in Acts reading a couple of weeks ago in a lovely phrase, the birth pangs of life. Because it was impossible for Jesus to be held by death's power, it is these birth pangs, these contractions, that we can expect to come upon us as well. Holding on to our hope in the resurrection means for us, at some point or other, a kind of transition, if I may str stretch the metaphor. L the letting go of that identity inevitably fixed or locked into the world system the world system which is passing away. In baptism, we have heard the voice calling us out of the world's graves and into new life. And now we are facing both the resurrection of life and the resurrection of judgment. And a figure of speech we are somehow more familiar with than that of judgment, we are suffering our karma being burnt away, purified. In terms of the New Testament anthropology, like an ill-fitting garment, we are trying on the identity of the person of the risen Christ. We are being fitted with our own imitation of his going to death freely on the cross for us without fear. If we take up our cross and follow him in the way that leads to life, as the Collect for Good Friday puts it, then our own personal Easter will be glorious with participation in the Trinitarian dynamics of the divine love. If, however, we take an early exit like Peter did out of fear in the garden of the high priest, we will only come more deeply to know and appreciate 
the joy of being forgiven like he did and become more able to share our own story of the birth pangs of eternal life more deeply and more honestly in compassionate love and humility. Whichever story we tell, the image of the risen Lord will only be more perfectly impressed on our character, reflecting the particularity of our own diverse stories so that those who hear our story will be able to apply it both to their own life as well as to the life of Jesus, the forgiving victim. In other words, because we, like Jesus, are child of woman, our own stories, our testimonies of forgiving and being forgiven can render justice, that is, become a word of justice. Our story can become a word of judgment, a word of liberation that will both condemn and release, both convict and forgive those who, able to hear it, according to their own experience of love and acceptance, we might say, to those who have ears to hear. Now, I hope I've said enough about this internal life to be able to suggest how the three images I began with might illustrate or confirm this expansion or breaking open of the Lord's words of epiclesis or invocation to the apostles and therefore to you and me at his appearance in the locked room on the evening of the resurrection. You remember, he showed them his hands and his feet, the risen Lord did, and told them not to be afraid and breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven, whose sins you retain are retained. He said this effectively becoming internal to them and to us. This is effectively the word of justice or judgment. It is the life that is found internally in our own stories of forgiving and being forgiven. It is our share in the ongoing new creation in Christ. By it, we become co-creators with the second person of the Trinity. Now, let's take, for instance, number one image, E. Jean Carroll, whose passion narrative began in a department store dressing room and has taken decades to take shape. The patient listening and loving questioning of friends and later of legal advocates and advisors helped her to come to acknowledge the harm that was done to her and the further harmful complicity of her own shame-filled reaction of silence that locked her in a kind of grave until she heard 
the word of the verdict on her perpetrator. All of us have inchoate stories like that in our own lived experience that depending on our openness to making ourselves vulnerable in safe surroundings can reflect hers as a word of judgment for us all. Two, so many mass shootings where children are at risk, it's become so difficult to keep the particulars straight. But a recent episode of gun violence where a father and mother and a young child were gunned down, but where the mother whose love led her to naturally clutch her youngest beneath her body while she was herself killed by a semi-automatic weapon in the hands of another child revealed this photograph which has stayed with me after so many have passed away. It shows a family of five in a posed photograph where the faces of those who were killed in this incident are all blurred out, but that of survive, the surviving child's face is not. What a terrible thing to look at. On this child's, this child's story of trauma will take shape over time and the birth pangs of life, the anger and sadness, the struggle both to survive the sins of an industry with political motive and to overcome it with us. The question of forgiveness will no doubt remain moot and mute for many years. Finally, Tyree's lifeless body. In an earlier meditation to a group of San Quentin prisoners with Kairos, I called this photograph that I saw on Joy Reid's show on MSNBC a pieta and ventured to say that in it, that moment, not fighting back, simply asking, why are you doing this? And calling out for his mother, waiting him dinner a few blocks away, Tyree became a type of Christ. As if he were saying, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. One of my close friends who has worked with me for years in Kairos was irate. He told me, maybe Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr. deserved the designation type of Christ, he said, but this time, Jim, you've gone too far. I loved it. What I claim my friend missed is that the life internal that Jesus the Messiah has given to us is not primarily to be found in his teaching or his healing, but rather in his passion, in his own forgiving of the sins of those who so brutally took his life. The story of Tyree and his forgiving mother burst upon us as one of a number of similar tales of late. But this puts, but this puts most, his puts most clearly 
the brutal corruption of our criminal justice system. I suppose white people, perhaps especially, can have problems with it, especially with my making it tantamount to the crucifixion of Jesus. But the cross was not a special event for the Messiah, but rather it was a normal everyday occurrence. It was an everyday occurrence that comes to our attention only because of the resurrection. And the story told about it confronts us because we are somehow complicit, because we have looked away from it for so long, because glib sayings about bad apples just no longer cut it. Tyree is an unfinished story because we are invited into it. We are called. Knowing we are forgiven, we are called to frame our own story, living into that forgiveness by openly and freely owning our own racially advantaged history. <laughs>